Well, turn with me this evening to our text that we've been looking at for some uh, weeks now. I feel like I'm getting close to uh, pausing this. I can't really say end because, you know, you never exhaust such great themes as this in the Word, but we can pause it till another time when the Lord leads us and go to the next thing to emphasize that the Lord's leading us. So, you know, one of the greatest things you ever did for yourself is pray for your ministers, right? Because what comes through them affects you, right? And so uh, it's important that you believe with us, pray for us concerning utterance, direction, and what we go to next, the vision for the church and the ministry and the teaching. But uh, in Galatians, the third chapter, we've been talking about being redeemed. Anybody still happy about that? Being redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been getting pretty happy about it. And with good cause. That's one of the best things you'll ever hear, is that you've been redeemed. And so we've uh, taken some time and went back and looked at exactly what we've been redeemed from. And man, the more you think about it, the happier you get. (laughs) So let's get into it some more tonight. In Galatians, the third chapter and verse 7. says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith. The same are the children of Abraham. Who is that? That's us. The faith bunch. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. Does the gospel have anything to do with blessing? Yeah, we were able to get happy about that one night in particular. Went on to say, verse 9, So then, they which be of faith, that's us, what about them? They are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it's written, Cursed is every one that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. The law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Whoo, glory to God. Being made a curse for us, he did it by taking our place. By taking our place, the curse has fallen on him. Well, it didn't need to fall on him for anything that he ever did. He never sinned. But he took it for us. Why did he take it? Hmm? So that we would not have to be cursed. Well then now if we plug along through life under the curse and living under the curse. Then in a measure it was in vain that he took it for us. We need to make up our mind. That if Jesus took it. We're not. Right? If he bore it. I'm not. Don't let the devil make you his pack mule. Load you up with the curse and all the junk and the condemnation and all the disease and the poverty and the angst and the worry and the fear. No, if Jesus bore it, you don't have to. Need to make up your mind. Be just like me. You know, if something happened, something as simple as a tank of gas, and I come along and you was pumping the gas in your car and I went in and paid for it. But what do you know? You know that you don't need to go pay for it again. 
Right? Because if you do, it's like I didn't even do anything for you. Right? So Jesus took the curse. He hung on the cross, not for anything he did, but he became accursed for you and for me. And in doing so, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if that don't excite you to hear that, like you see us, you know, going, yeah, amen, whoo, yeah, then uh, it's because you hadn't heard enough. Because <laughs> when it is real to you, you get happy about it. You do. When you hear it and you go, ho-hum, yeah, I know that. I'm, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. I heard that back in 72. Well, apparently you didn't get it then. And you hadn't got it yet. Because if you had a, you wouldn't be no ho-hum about it. It'd be hallelujah. Right? Glory to God. I don't have to have the botch and the itch. I don't have to lose my mind. Right? I don't have to fail. We saw thing after thing after thing. That's very plainly a part of the curse of the law. And the good news is... We've been redeemed from all the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, now notice, though, the next part. I want to emphasize this tonight. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Not even a period there. It's just a pause. In the thought, how does it continue? That, let's just stop right now. Why is that there? That what? What does that mean, that? You might say, in order that. What in order that? He redeemed us from the curse of the law. In order that, what? The blessing. The blessing. Not just a blessing. The blessing. Very specific. Would you like to talk about the blessing tonight? I thought you would. Why? Now, you know, people got all kind of religious ideas about it, but... Forget all that. Look in the Bible right now. Jesus hung on the cross. This passage says why. Why did he do it? While he was hanging on the cross, he became accursed in our place. And he redeemed us from the curse. He took it so we wouldn't have to. And what else did he do? Why did he do it? In order that... Read it out loud with me. Verse 14. In order that what? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. So now, I think after several weeks of this, we should be convinced that we're not supposed to be cursed. Hmm? Are you convinced of that? And whom God is blessed. Nobody can curse. How can you curse whom God is blessed, the scripture said. And the curse causeless shall not come. Proverbs said. We deserve no curse. We should not be cursed. We camped on that last week. And it's not because we've lived perfectly, because we know we haven't, but because we've been made righteous. By what he did. He didn't need to do it for himself. Oh, but we did. That's why when he was in the garden and he was facing, you know, we think about the natural side of it, the scourging and the crown of thorns and the crucifixion. And it was awful. But that's not the whole thing that made him sweat blood. The worst part you couldn't see. It was in the spirit. And he prayed and was in an agony and said, Father, all things are possible with you. And if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But it was not possible if we're going to be redeemed. 
There was no other way. Aren't you glad he did it? Aren't you thankful that he did it? He did it. And so we are redeemed. We ought not be cursed. But what else should we be besides just not cursed? We should be experiencing the blessing of Abraham. Shouldn't we? Let's look at it a little bit further. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And you skip down to verse 29. It says, verse 29, Galatians 3, If you be Christ, the anointed ones, then you are Abraham's seed. Are you Christ? Are you those who are saved by faith, by grace and faith? Then what else are you? You are the seed of Abraham. And what else? Heirs according to the promise. Now the promise and the blessing are go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. So let's go back to Genesis. And read the blessing and the promise. Because is it relevant to us? It is just as much yours as it was Abraham's. This is not conjecture. This is not somebody's theory or opinion. It's as plain as you can say it in Galatians 3. Right? The reason he hung on the cross, the reason he became accursed and redeemed you is so that the blessing of Abraham. That's a specific, right? The blessing of Abraham might come on who? See, he was specific. The Gentiles. If you can't trace your lineage back to a Jewish forefather, that's fine. Because he did it to include everybody that would ever believe on him. Amen. Well, you don't look like a Jew. Well, I am one spiritually. In fact, Romans says, you know, it's not just the natural seed, but it's the seed of promise. So, this belongs to us. What belongs to us? The blessing of Abraham. We're quoting the text exactly. What belongs to you? The blessing of Abraham. Should you be enjoying this? Do you know what it is? Well, if you do, this will be review. If you don't, it'll be revelation. But how many know that none of us have exhausted all the light from this? I mean, I don't care how much you think you know about it, should you get more tonight? Yeah, you should. You're not even limited to what I know. Right? The Holy Ghost is our teacher here tonight. We should get more light on this. Said out loud, I'm a blessed person. The blessing of Abraham is mine. Now, Genesis 12, let's see exactly. You know, just like we did on the curse, you know, we went back because there's whole chapters devoted to the topic of the curse of the law. And that's what we went back and saw how the itch and the botch and all that was part of the curse. Well, let's be specific now about the blessing. What is the blessing? What does it mean? Genesis 12, to my knowledge, this is the first time in the recorded word that God speaks to Abraham and gives him revelation of this promise and this blessing. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get you out of your country and from your kinfolks. (laughs) Well... We could meddle there, couldn't we? (laughs) Would the Lord ever tell you to get away from your kin, folks? (laughs) He did. And from your father's house. To a land that I will show you. Now it's worth noting 
That, I mean, this very next verse is when he tells him about the blessing and the promise, but he uh, prefaces the blessing and promise with this. You got to obey me. Right? You got to go where I tell you to go. Do what I tell you to do. Now, that was the whole language of Deuteronomy 28, wasn't it? If you'll hear what I tell you. If you'll take heed to it. If you'll do it. All these blessings are going to come on you and overtake you. If you don't. If you get hard-headed. This is the Keith Moore paraphrase. And you get rebellious. And you refuse to do what I tell you to do. Then he said, all these curses are going to come on you. Well, like Isaiah said, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So then, therefore, all of us deserved the wages of sin, which is death. All of us deserved the punishment of the curse. That's why Jesus had to come. To buy us out of that. (laughs) To get us out of that because we were just on a... Course to destruction and paying for our sin. Oh, but he paid the price. So the curse has no more claim on us. And not only that, because he paid the price and has washed us in his blood, we now qualify. Oh, come on now, somebody. We qualify for the blessing, the blessing of Abraham. But I, in order to have it manifested fully and manifest throughout all your life, how many understand you got to keep on obeying God? You can't wake up one morning and get done and decide that you're going to do your own thing and you're going to be rebellious and hard-headed. Well, no, then the blessing is going to stop and you're going to get into the curse. But you don't have to do that. And I'm not talking to people that's dumb like that, right? I'm talking to smart, sharp people. That first thing you do when your eyes open in the morning, you say, Lord, here I am. (laughs) Do what you want to do with me, right? I am awake to obey today. And if you always obey, you'll always be blessed. Here's the blessing. Are you ready? Here's the promise and the blessing. Verse 2, God tells Abram. I will make you a great nation. This is the blessing. And I will bless you. That's why it's called the blessing. I will bless you. Now let's just stop right here. What does bless mean? We looked it up. We talked about it. It means empowered are enabled to prosper. It means anointed to succeed. Glory to God. I will bless you. I will empower you. I will enable you to prosper and succeed. And make your name great. Whose name? Hmm? His name. A lot of folk don't even like to read stuff like this. They're like, oh, no, brother, now it's God's name. Well, I reckon if he'd have wanted to say that, that's what he'd have said. Why would he be interested in making Abraham's name great? Because down here, people don't see God. They see you. And they see me. Right? Yes, we know that it's not for us to put ourselves forward and emphasize ourselves, but God glorifies Himself in us and through us. Now, is this relevant to you? Does this belong to you? That He would make your name great? Some folk never even thought about that, have Oh, no, now, Brother Keith, I don't care if anybody knows my name. Yes, you do. Not so they can make a big deal out of you, but so you can have influence in this world for God. If nobody knows you and nobody respects you 
and nobody believes in you, they're not going to want to hear what you have to say about God. The Lord intended that you have a voice, that you have respect, right? That everybody where you work knows you. And not because you're fruity. (laughs) But because you are blessed. You're so blessed that it becomes obvious. Well, I know, Brother Keith, I don't care if anybody knows me. Yes, you do care. Right? Jesus said, glorify thy son. Who's that? That's him, me, he said. Why? That your son may glorify you. He said, I'm going to make your name great. You should be known in your community. Right? For your love and your faith and your compassion and your wisdom and your blessing. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, go, and he did. And he said, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. When God says, I will bless you, what do you suspect that means? Well, you just never know. (laughs) I mean, you know. There's a good chance. No, no. When the Almighty who said light be and light became speaks over you and says, I will bless you. As they say, you can take it to the bank. Was he just talking to Abraham? We've got it on the authority of the master. That this now belongs to us. Every word that he spoke to Abraham in this blessing and promise has become ours by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So come on now, put your eyes back on the page. Read it like God is speaking directly to you right here tonight. What did the Lord tell you? I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. When you get healed, your debts are supernaturally paid off. Your kids are spared from destruction and accidents and problems. It will get out on you. Somebody gives you a car. Your neighbors are going to hear about that. They go find out. Somebody pays your house payments for the whole year. Your neighbors are going to hear about that. They're going to find out about it. And it's all part of the plan of God. Him making your name have some respect. Why? So that when they come around, they'll want to hear what you've got to say. And you can use that respect. They might think that they envy you or or something. You know, whatever it is, you can use it. To talk to them about God. Tell them what the Lord did for you. Can you see why the devil has fought so hard and lied so long to keep us all broke and defeated and sick? Because he wants us to have no influence. None. He wants the sinners all around us to have no respect for us and none of them to want to be like us. He wants us to be of no significance. Unknown Nobody knows or cares who you are, what you are. But no. He wants people all around the globe to know about Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. 
He wants people all around you to know your name and who you are. And the more he blesses you and the more he promotes you and the more he increases you, the more humble you get. And you use it every time something comes up and people want to make a big deal out of you and they shut up to listen to you. You use it. You use it to glorify God. You use it to represent him. You use it to help people. Because notice, see, this is not the end of it. I'll make you a great nation. And what? I will empower you to prosper. I will enable you and anoint you to succeed. What else? I'll make your name great. Is that the end of it? No. No. What comes next? Ah. (laughs) What you going to do with all this blessing? And all this notoriety. And all this influence. And all this blessing. What you going to do? You will be a blessing. Glory to God. You, You can't give what you don't have. Thanks be unto God forever. How many right now in this place, you are believing God with the utmost of your being to get in a position to where you can do things for other people, people other than yourself? We were able to do some things just this week, some things that came up. And I told Phyllis, I said, you know, it came up and we had the money and we could do it. And I told her, I said, thank God. What if we just believed in poverty all our life and we're sitting somewhere with nothing and up to our eyes, then we couldn't have helped. We couldn't have stepped up to the plate. We couldn't have done what we needed to do. You have to start sowing your seed. Had to start feeding your faith. Had to talk to yourself every day. And not be moved by what you are seeing or what you are feeling or where you are right now. You just have, no, no, none of this moves me. None of these things move me. I am blessed. I have the blessing of Abraham on me. Now, what did that blessing do for him materially? Of course, now the one that's on you is a little baby version. Of that. It's just a little sliver. Of what he. What does Galatians 3.14 say? The blessing of Abraham. Now what do you suppose that means? The very same thing. The, not any other version. That blessing. That was on him. That made him one of the richest men in the whole country. That's on me. That's on you. Everybody put your hands up like this and go, that's on me. The blessing of Abraham is on me. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. It'd help you all night tonight just to say that out loud. It's on me. Tomorrow it could be code talk between us. It's on me. What's on me? The blessing. It's on me. It's on me. What's on you? The blessing. The blessing of Abraham is on me. Now, let's just stop right there and turn to the very next chapter. Just a few verses later, was this just all in the spirit and nothing in the natural? And was it just for glory later in the sweet by and by? God tells his covenant friend, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing. And a few verses later. 
The very next chapter, the very next chapter, chapter 13 and verse 1. So Abram did what? They loaded up the truck. Is that right? (laughs) And they left the kin. That's what he said do. They got out of town. They went up out of Egypt at this point, and he and his wife and all he had, and Lot was with him. They went into the south. But they didn't go naked spiritually. There was something on them. There was something on them. It was an anointing to succeed. An anointing to prosper. And so Abraham made some cow deals. (laughs) He bought low and he sold high. And then he did it again. And then he made a big camel deal. (laughs) And he bought really low. And he sold really high. And then he did a sheep deal. Oh, he did a sheep deal that all the top papers carried for a week. And the top financial analysts of the day were scratching their head going, why didn't we see that? Why didn't we see that coming? And his flocks are having more lambs and more calves than anybody else's. And he's not losing them. To predators and he's not losing them to the weather. His flocks just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Why? Because he's so smart. No. Because he works so hard. No. No. Because the blessing is on him. And God has an agenda. He wants this man known. That's right. Amen. That's right. Yes. What did the Bible say? That God would give us power to get wealth. Amen. Am I quoting it right? Yes. He'd give us power to get wealth. Why? Are you getting it? Are you getting it? That he might establish his covenant in the earth. What does that mean? So people would see it. And know it. See, he's doing this for his glory. After a while, it became obvious. Ain't nobody this smart. Ain't nobody this lucky. And nobody makes these kind of deals every time. What's up with this guy? He's got something on him. And who's got it now? Somebody say it's on me. Verse 2. Abram was what? Now you don't see that pre-blessing. Nothing is said about how rich he was pre-blessing. This is post-blessing. This is after the blessing has come on him. And I mean, just a few verses later, Abraham was very rich in spirit and in his heart. (laughs) Well, yeah, but somewhere else. In cattle. In silver. In gold. Glory to God. Verse 5. Lot also which went with Abram. He had flocks uh, and herds uh, and tents. uh, Plural. And the land was not able to bear them. That they might dwell together. For their substance, their stuff was great. So that they could not dwell together. They had too many cows. They were using all the pasture land in several counties, and it wasn't enough. 
Mm-mm-mm. Why? What did this? What did this? God just decided to do something and Abraham had nothing to do with it. No, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God and God said, all right, you do what I tell you to do and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great and you're going to be a blessing. That's what's happening. Do we really believe that what was on him is on us? Do we really believe that? Most people don't. Most people don't. Should we believe it? Does the Bible say it plainly? Why was Christ, why did he become accursed? Why did he hang on the cross to redeem us? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, might come on us through Jesus Christ, through the Lord, the Messiah. We need to get our mind renewed. Right? See, there's been hundreds of years of singing unbelieving junk in church. Here I wander like a beggar through the heat and the cold. If I could just get a little log cabin somewhere. In the corner of glory land. Does this sound like wandering like a beggar? Abram is rich. You understand rich now don't you? He's Bill Gates rich. I'm not exaggerating. He is rich. So he ain't wondering like a beggar. <laughs> He's got everything money can buy and then some. Kings deal with him personally. Kings do not come and sit down and have powwows with you and make covenants with you when you live by the branch with nothing. He is a man. Did God make his name great? Yes. He did. I mean, he was like a prince. Rulers came to see him. That's not familiar to you. Go back and read it sometime. You'll see it. Rulers came. Kings came. Asked for his help. Sat down with him. Wanted to make a covenant with him. Why? They could see yes. something is on this man. Now, does it pay to hang around people that are walking in the blessing? Hmm? That's what happened to Lot. The Lord didn't say this to Lot. He didn't say this to Lot. But Lot is with Abram. And so Abram was like a daddy to Lot. And he told him, he said, uh, you know, Lot, I think this is a good cow deal over here. You might want to buy you a few. <laughs> now let you stop right here. Are we still supposed to do things in this natural world? Yes. Making investments, yes. making purchases and yes. buying and selling. Yes, we are. There's a lot of people confused today and they say, well, I sow my seed and they just lay on the couch and make confessions. Well, no, God, yeah, make your confessions. Yes, so you seed, but how is this going to happen? God's not going to rain currency out of the sky. He's going to lead you. He's going to direct you. And you're going to have a witness in your spirit by this. Everybody's selling, but don't you sell. You hold on to it. Right? Now you sell. You do this. Take advantage of this. Get in on this. Right? Both spiritually and naturally. There will be spiritual kingdom things, and this is even more important than your natural investments. Did you hear me now? 
And there'll be projects and there'll be kingdom things and church things and ministry things, missionary things, and it'll witness in you. And you go, yeah, I got to get in on this. I got to sow some seed on this. And then there'll be times in this natural world and something will come up. It'll be for sale or you'll have an opportunity to get in on it and you'll have a witness. Get in on this. Get in on this. That's when you'll see the blessing as to how that thing turns out. And you'll make more money seemingly accidentally than some people do on purpose. Now, most of us have barely touched any of this. Because we're, we're, we, we, our minds have been, what's the word? Poisoned? Corrupted through centuries of unbelief across our pulpits. And the body of Christ, you know, there people get mad at us for preaching this. Much less believe it yourself. Well, we can't decide for everybody else. But as for me and my house, <laughs> we're going to believe that something's on us. The blessing is on us. And everything we put our hand to prospers. Right? We're redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed from failure and loss and problems. Right? But we're blessed in our basket and we're blessed in our store and the increase of our cows and our sheep. And God has commanded the blessing on us in our storehouses. Now, friend, we've got to meditate on this and we've got to talk like this today and tomorrow and next week and next month until our mind gets renewed. Don't assume you're there now. You hear this message tonight and say, praise God, amen. But if you're not watchful, you go back home and just slip right back into the same old rut of thinking. You gotta talk this. You gotta think it. You gotta talk it and think it and talk it and think it until it's as natural for you to believe this as it is for the other folk to believe in poverty. And you wouldn't talk poverty over yourself any more than you'd cuss. Hmm? Because to you, it is against the word of God. Now, go back to the 12th chapter again. That's not all of it. The blessing of Abraham is ours. That blessing protected him. That blessing gave him favor with his neighbors. That blessing made him very rich. That blessing enabled him to bless others and help others. And that is how it winds up. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Now this is what keeps you qualified. I know in Phyllis's in my life, you know, we're not nearly where I desire to be and believe we should be financially and materially. But we are sure in better shape than we were 10 years ago and 20 years ago. And I know, and Phyllis and I know, when some things begin to turn in our life, some things happen inside first. They don't happen out here in your pocketbook, in your accounts. They happen in here. And then when they happen in here, things will start happening out here. And I could tell. I've shared with you, I've talked to you about it before, and I went before the Lord and cried out to him, and he had mercy on me, began to teach me. And what I saw, one of the, as far as the practical, the way it works out, one of the biggest changes that I saw in us is that we begin to get free from our own selfishness. And not just think about our stuff and what we're believing for and what we're needing, but begin to get your eyes up and look around and Lord, who can you use me to help? And oh friend, things begin to come from the left and the right and the more they did, the freer we got and the more liberal we'd get and we'd just turn it loose and let it go thinking, hey, there's a lot more where this came from and sure enough, it came in, more came in and more came in. The liberal soul shall be made fat. That's talking about financially fat. 
The what kind of soul? The liberal, generous, liberal. You got to be a giver by heart. In the middle of this last week, there was a young man came over to my parents' house and I was gone for a morning doing some business and handling my dad's business at the bank and some other things. And, and I came back and all the grounds around the house were mowed and cut. And this young man, uh, just a young guy, he's a relative, hadn't seen him that much because I've been gone and just a young guy. And he came up and I thanked him. I said, man, thank you for doing that. He said, the least I could do. And he said, I didn't have money to sow. He said, but that's sowing, ain't it? I said, yes, that is sowing. That is sowing. See, so many times people are thinking, well, you know, I don't have $100. Who said you had to have $100? You've got to have a heart, a heart to give and to sow. And if you've got a heart to sow and will just ask God for some seed, you're already on your way. There was a lady in the church, a pastor friend of mine told me this because she had heard us teach on some of these things years ago. And she said, well, you know, I am a widow lady and I'm on a fixed income. Of course, she learned not to say that after that. Because <laughs> if you're really living by faith, you are not on a fixed income. You can have anything you can believe for. But that was her mentality. And I don't have anything. She said, but I want to sow. When she heard that, it stirred her up inside. And she thought, I want to sow. I want to sow. So she went home. She said, Lord, I want to sow so bad. I want to sow to the people in the church. And I just don't have anything. He said, no, you do. You got more than you think. See, people so many times will despise a seed. Because to them it's too small. It's worth nothing. They despise it. And it's the key to their miracle. It's the key to coming out. As she sat in her chair thinking about, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? She began to look around and she realized she had all these magazines. And they all had coupons in them. And this one was worth a dime. And this one was worth eight cents. And this one was worth 20 cents. And this one was worth a dollar. And she said, I got time. So she took all her papers and all her magazines and others that her friends had and she clipped coupons she'd sit there for hours and she made file folders for each of the families in the church and she clipped coupons and clipped coupons all day and then on the weekend she'd bring them and hand them to the mother say hey when you go to the grocery store hey you know take this this will save you three dollars this will save you five dollars this will save you twenty dollars If you want to sow, you will. You'll look for it. You'll believe for it. God will give seed to the sower. And you'll do it. And you'll come up. He said, I am going to bless you. And you are going to be a blessing. Somebody say this out loud again. Now the blessing's on me. me. To To make me a blessing. That's why the blessing's on you. You're always at the right place, at the right time, with the right seed in your hand. Is that right? Something comes up, somebody needs something, and there you are with it in your hand. Now, friend, you start living like this. And you never want to go back to the old stuff, the old selfish way of life. You get, like the Bible said in the New Testament, says, you get addicted to the ministry of the saints. It's an addiction. And it's one you don't want to get free from. It's an addiction. And you got to have your fix. <laughs> you go too many hours and you start going, uh, I got to give something to somebody. I got to. I got to bless somebody. Where are they, Lord? Show me. Where are they? I got to buy a lunch or a shirt or I got to make a payment. I got to give somebody some encouraging words. I got to do something. I got to sow something. And if you got a heart like that, boy, the Lord will order your steps. 
you'll be at the right place at the right time and somebody will show up and you'll be there. And it comes up, you'll just start smiling when they start talking, like thinking, yeah, I got this covered. I got, oh, thank you, Lord. I can help this. I can help with this. And you will. That's what the blessing is for. To be a blessing. Can you say amen? amen. To be a blessing. My, my, my. Let's back up and read it again. Genesis 12 and verse 2. Does this apply to you? Yes. Are you sure it does? Yes. Yeah, but now this is Old Testament. Yes. <laughs> well, it's still the Word of God. Yes. Right? And Galatians is New Testament. Yes. Right? And it says that this is mine. Yes. Right? He said, I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Say it out loud. I'm blessed. blessed. And I am a blessing. And I I will be a blessing. blessing. Verse 3. And. See, this goes on. This is still part of it. I will bless them that bless you. And curse him that curses you. Is this still part of it? Does this belong to us today? Well, if people knew this, that'd be nice to us. Is that right? (laughs) They'd quit sending those nasty grams. And they'd send an offering instead. Is that right? You sow curses, you sow criticism, you sow hate, you're going to reap it, multiplied. But what if you are a blessing? (laughs) I'm everywhere you go, you bless people and you help people. Well, then it's going to come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He said, I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse him that curses you, and in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. People going to be all over the earth going to be blessed because of you. Now, this applied to Abraham, and it applied to the seed, singular, Jesus, who is the seed of Abraham. Does it go further than that, though? We just got through reading in Galatians. Now, because we have faith in Christ, we have also become the the seed of Abraham. And so the Lord is continuing to manifest him through us. And in him and through us, it's supposed to be happening all over the world that all the families of the earth are being blessed because we are here in the earth with them. And Christ in us, the hope of glory, is blessing us and putting resources in our heart, our mind, our mouth, our pocketbook, our hand, our closet, our garage. And we have the wherewithal to bless, 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 bless. Bless, enable somebody else to prosper, empower somebody else to come up to a higher level. Jump in there behind them and say, yeah, we'll help you. I am believing, and you're with me, my family. Is that right? I am believing for this Faith Life Church to become very powerful. I said very powerful, financially and materially. And so that God, we've seen a little, little, little bit of it, but all that God could use us and in thing after thing, God's business around the earth, something comes up and the Lord can tap us on the shoulder and go take care of that. Underwrite that. Pay that off. Send them. Finance it for a year. Right? And we can. That's why the blessing is on us. It's happening and it will happen. And it will happen to you individually. Hmm? I said it will happen to you. Come on now. This is not just Keith speaking now. This is not just Keith talking now. It will happen to you individually. 
You'll be working on your job and something will come up and you'll hear about it and you'll find out about it. And the Lord will deal with you. Take care of that. And you'll go over the next day and you'll hand them a check for $10,000 and they'll look at you in shock. And they'll say, well, you don't make but four fifty an hour. Where'd you get 10? You say, I can't buy it on this. Don't worry about it. Be blessed. You will do things like this. God's going to use you to do things like this. And much, 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 much bigger, larger. But it doesn't happen for the passive. It doesn't happen for the doubters. It doesn't happen for the skeptic. These signs follow them that believe. And you have to embrace it with your heart. You have to say, no, this is the word of God. This ain't Brother Keith's idea. This ain't Faith Life Church doctrine. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. And God, Jesus hung on the cross and He took the curse of poverty. He took the curse of helplessness and failure and insignificance and inability. And He gave me the blessing. So I could have influence. So I could do something. And I have it and I will have it. And we'll do it. You've got to be willing to stay with it year after year. No matter what it looks like or feels like. You keep sowing your seed. You keep believing God. You keep talking it and thinking it. And lay across your bed at night. Even though you might have got extra bills that day. And it sure don't look like it. But you lay across your bed and just laugh at the devil. Say, dumb devil. <laughs> you hadn't done a thing. Except get me to praise God more. And you talk and you talk to your spouse and you talk to your family and you talk to a friend about what we're going to do. Well, we're going to pay everything off. We're going to do everything we got on our list. We're going to have resources standing by. We're going to have the ability. We won't be tied down so that we have to do these certain things every day. God wants to send us somewhere for a week. We can do it. He wants to send us somewhere on the side of the country for a month. We'll go do it. It won't be a problem. We'll have the money. We can do it. We can pay our way. Think about it. You talk about it. And how are you going to get there? You're going to sow your seed. Yes, at church, but not just at church. You're going to sow into other people's lives. You're going to help make their dream come true, and then yours is going to come true. Let me read this again. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse him that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. The Amplified says, I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. I'll make your name famous and distinguished. And you'll be a blessing, dispensing good to others. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, man, man. The reason I had to pause there is because this has already come to pass in a small measure in my life since I started believing it 25 years ago. I used to pull up in a raggedy old thing. And raggedy clothes and nobody even noticed I came. I pull up to the same places just recently in my own plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the nicest clothes you can get that the Lord blessed my wife to get me here recently. Amen. And they acted like somebody came to town. Yeah. I went to that same place several years ago and they hardly let me in. Do you know what I'm talking about now? And you don't get to thinking you something. You know what it's for. What's it for? It's to be an influence for the Lord, for the kingdom. And it's to have resources to be a blessing. To be a blessing. He said, I'll make of you a great nation. 
I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. I will make your name famous and distinguished. You'll be a blessing. Dispensing good to others. I'll bless those who bless you. Who confer prosperity or happiness on you. And accursed those who curses you. And in you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed. NIV says, I'll bless those that bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Through you. Through you. Well, I intended to go a lot further than this tonight, but this is a good thing to camp on. I want you to say it again. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me so that the blessing of Abraham would come on me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.